and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, welcome to our program today. So good to have you, no matter where you are on this great big wide country, brown sunburnt country of ours, we're glad to have you here. Welcome, 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 and a big welcome to you, Hunty. Thanks, mate. It's great to be here, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. We're so glad you did. Look forward to a great program this afternoon. He's our producer, director, For if you're ever wondering who that voice is. He's <laughs> he's the big boss in here. I'm just the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the run around. I'm the flea on the tail of the dog. <laughs> hey, Auntie, what's happening today? Great program. We've got one of our regulars, Harold Harker. He's got a great story for he's us. He's going to talk to us about a guy called Erasmus. A very, very interesting character, Mm -hmm. straight out of the middle of the Reformation, but was never a Protestant, but a really, really good story. I like his stories. He is the fountain of all knowledge, that man. He is. And we've got a very, very interesting, almost... I don't know. It's a very sobering. Sobering, yeah. I see I'm helping you out in your old age with the words there, mate. I appreciate that. Sobering (laughs) segment on witches. You're wandering away from the microphone. Could just please stay on the (laughs) (laughs) microphone? I like doing that because that's what he normally does to me. Stay on the microphone. Stay on the mic. Stop wandering. That's it. And and Hunty was moving away. I was. I was sneaking off. Um, um, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's... we're going to talk about witchcraft again. We're going to do another couple of weeks on this subject, actually, and it's really, really interesting. This is, again, a story of a witch and how God and his power saved her. And I think you're going to find it really interesting. And each week as we do these um, subjects into witchcraft, what I'm trying to do, Hunty, for our listeners, is to give them a different perspective of it every week. So that when we finish this little series on witchcraft here on Faith FM, that's where you are, by the way. If you don't know where you are, you are on Faith FM all over Australia. Um, By the time we finish it, I'm just hoping and praying that we are in a place where you have a really good idea of the dangers of witchcraft. Now, further on, because Hunty's flat out trying to fix things here. We're in trouble, are we, Hunty? Again, are we are things? No, not- we're good. But we did have we did have our main screens go down just only ten minutes before we started. But are they back. up? They're are they back. up? Yes. Oh man, for the, for our listeners, just so, so 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 you know, we actually went under in a flood. Most of you who listen regularly would yep. know this. Yep. A little while ago, and it took out all our equipment. So Hunty's been running here on old equipment, 20, 30 year old cables, rusty. Didn't you say you had a cable that was more than thirty years? Yeah, oh, one that yeah. I made in 1983 we've been using, but it just died. Yeah. Anyway, our insurance claim's pretty much through. Our new gear's waiting for us is to be up in Melbourne, so we're not far off. Well, you're going to Melbourne being to pick that up, not me. up. <laughs> Yes. You, l- you like that too, don't you? You like racing I, down I like there to eyeball. Or... I like to eyeball my suppliers. I think you like the journey too. No, I don't know. Eight hours on the Kim Highway. I there like are better it. things to do. I like it. Maybe it's me that likes it, not you. <laughs> hey, I wonder if we can start off a prayer, Hunty. I'd like and, to. And, and then don't hit the dong thing after it, because okay. I've still got some things to say. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this great opportunity on Faith FM. Thank you so much, Lord, for our beautiful listeners. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with each and every one of them this afternoon, Lord. Wrap your loving arms around them and grant them peace. Lord, as my mate Lloyd presents this, very, very confronting subject. Lord, I pray that you'll surround our studio and protect our listeners with your holy angels, Lord. So that as we discuss things, 
of the darker nature that you will be there to protect us, Lord. And I pray this afternoon you'll bless us as we lift you high in this community, Lord, in your precious name, Jesus, I ask. Amen. Amen. I was going to say, uh, perhaps some of our listeners don't want to bow their heads. No, they might not be driving. <laughs> <laughs> I always do find that a bit dangerous. Let's bow our heads. No. We're talking to people in the, in their in cars, the car. Hey, cooking um, over hot flames. <laughs> this day, yes. you know what the date is? I double checked this today. The December, 6th of December. The 6th. It's one day after one of my kids' birthdays. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Ah, uh, this is just breaking news. Kirsty Alley died today. No. Age 71. Oh. Mm. Yeah, now. She, one of my she favourite was, actresses. Yeah, I don't know much about her. I never watched too many of the programs she was in, but I have heard of her. She was in Cheers. She was in Cheers, yep. Veronica's Closet. Never. Yep. I know I've heard of Cheers, but never heard of Veronica's yeah, Closet. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I'm always a bit worried when yeah, I'm talking possibly, about possibly a little, a little moral bankrupt. Yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of these. Um, Fat actress was funny as well. Yeah, a lot of these um, programs are morally bankrupt, which mm. is why I try to avoid them these days. Yeah, same. I've um, not seen but that I for did, years. In my younger age, I did know Cheers pretty well. Also today, on the news, Hunty, uh, interest rates, and we're going to go and look at the oh. news later on, but interest rates have gone up for the eighth time another, in a row, another quarter, quarter of a percent. percent. Or as they say, 25 basis points. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think we should complain and whinge too much in this program because it's about God and the wonders sure. of God and a window into into heaven and what Jesus is like and, and we're trying to lift people up. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, it is putting a lot of pressure on ordinary Aussies out there as we watch interest rates skyrocket. And a lot of people say, well, look, interest rates are still not that high compared to what they used to be. People better just get used to it. But the reality is there are a whole lot of people out there. With fa- I'm not one of them, praise the Lord. But there's a whole lot of people out there with fairly new interest uh, uh, loans for houses yep. and cars, etc., who bought them on very low to 0% interest rates. And this is really stinging. Yeah. It's really hurting. And some people already, uh, over the last eight months, are now paying literally, in real terms, yep. thousands and thousands of dollars more. Now, this is what amazes me. Nearly a thousand a month more. Here's my little rant, my little complaint. Yes. Complaint. And it, and it is a complaint. The government and the powers to be blame us for inflation. Yeah. But we never put petrol, we never put diesel, we never put gas up. That's right. That's being done by powers outside of us. We never put food up through the roof. We never brought on the floods. We never brought on the fires. Everything that's come to Australia that's caused so much pressure and so much tension. And it just seems to me, and this is just me looking from afar, and there'll be people out there listening who are financial experts and say, well, this guy's an amateur, doesn't know what he's talking about. But it does seem to me that every single time this happens, it's the ordinary guy out there in the street who's asked to carry the load. That's right. And they're just going to keep bumping interest rates up. They're saying interest rates will go up another, up to 5% by the end of January Uh, and I have a very very low mortgage but even now that's starting to to sting me well I got my first house when it was 18 and I was lucky it was coming down I managed to sign up for 15% but I've been as high as 17 but they were different times and when you you go into a loan knowing that the rate is 15 or 17% that's a lot different than going into a loan when the rate is 0.3 or Mm. 0.5 or 1% and people say well well, people should look ahead well you've got to remember this is on the the, the back of the Reserve Governor saying there'd be what no interest rates until Mm. 2023 that's right and now we've had eight months of interest rates in a row. By the way, he apologised for that the other day. They, they're blaming the, the, the Ukraine war for the price of energy going up. But the price of energy has, influ- has influenced everything. Fuel, 
diesel, the cost of primary production. That's why we're paying more for food and more for all of our utilities. That's why there's inflation. That's just one of the reasons we're paying more for food. We're paying more for food because of the floods too. Yes. I found out the other day that even our dear old onions, I went to buy onions. Well, well, we're going to look at that in we, a minute. We will look at that in um, a minute, yeah. December 6th, let's have a look quickly yes, what happened in this day. You, you'll be surprised. It's the 340th day of the year. Man, this year's almost gone. Wow. We have how many more programs? Two more programs? Uh, yep. And then we're going on holidays. Yep. For what? the entire month of January. 19 days to Christmas. Is it? Well, six, yeah, six and nineteen twenty-five. Um, so, in, in twelve forty on this day, the Mongol invasion of Russia begins. Do you know anything about that? No. It wiped out sixty million people. Eleven mm. percent of the population of the Earth perished in the Mongol invasion. So, they re- so that's the Mongol invasion of Russia that started today in twelve forty. Genghis Khan, the king, the leader, the first great leader of the Mongols, they reckon that he wiped out half the population of China. Wow. It's unbelievable. It is. And, and the way the Mongols would work is they'd go into countries and if 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 the country surrendered was prepared to to play ball, they'd be okay. But if they decided to fight, they would actually exterminate the, the the entire country, men, women and children. I think the Mongols, together with the Nazis, are probably the worst crew to ever curse the earth. And we've had some bad ones. Yeah. Uh, 1865, this is a big one on this day. Adoption of the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution. You know what that is? This is probably the most famous of all the amendments. It's the abolition of slavery. Oh, nice. That happened under Abraham Lincoln, 1865. Good president. 1917. Do you know that Finland went to war in the nine, late 1930s, early 1940s against no. Russia? Wow. But in 1917, before this war, they uh, declared independence from Russia. So if you're finished, happy Independence Day, because mm. that's what today is. Mm. 1967 was the world's first heart transplant. Wow. Mm. Didn't know it was that early. On this day, yeah, 1967. Dr. Barnard transplanted a heart from a 25-year-old woman fatally injured in a car accident into a man who was 53 years old. He was South African. His name was Louis Washkansky. He was a grocer and he was dying from chronic heart disease. You know, 18 days later he got a lung infection and died of pneumonia. But that was an incredible feat and it's led to the uh, transplant of thousands of hearts since then and many people are alive today because of it if you're a heart transplant recipient god bless you this day's for you 1971 pakistan severs diplomatic relationship with india and began the pakistan indian war which was a big one you didn't know that did you no that was a big big one and india won that uh in 2017 the united states of america recognized jerusalem as the capital of israel on this day uh, again another really big one and to this day mm. there's only an, a couple of other countries that recognize jerusalem as the capital of israel most countries would still say tel aviv um birthdays i put this one in for you oh really and i'm very interested this guy lived from 1898 to 1915 oh and I'm interested if you know who he is and what he did. Nikola Tesla? Because it's, no, no. It's his birthday today. Alfred Einstein. Oh, Einstein? Nah, Einstein. No, Einstein. I don't know Einstein. I reckon you do. Oh. He's the most famous photographer for Life magazine that they ever had. Oh. And he's what he's a, he's a guy who put Life magazine, which used to be I don't think yes. it exists anymore. Yes. Used to be the big photographic yep. journal of the world. Yep. Yep. He's their most famous. Have you heard of him no, now? I have now. Yes, Alfred Einstein. I probably said it wrong. 
Andrew Flintoff, this is his birthday. Oh, by the way, he was born in 1898. That, this is Alfred's birthday. Yep. Uh, Andrew Flintoff, Andy Flintoff. Sportsman? Yeah, English fast bowler, 1977. This is his birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Andy Flintoff, the one who has caused Australia enormous problems through the years. <laughs> We're glad you're retired. <laughs> and then Tim Carhill, you know who he is? Yeah, soccer legend. Yeah, he's a, a football legend. It's his birthday yeah, today. Let's, let's say it right. It's football. Yeah. Mm. He was born in 1979. And then two deaths. This first guy, I'm, I'm not sure you know, 1889, Jefferson Davidson. Of Harley Davidson fame? No, no. He was the famous Southern general who led the South against the North in the Civil War. He died in eighteen eighty nine. This guy, you'll know, Roy Orbison. Yes, died in nineteen eighty eight. I'm not sure. Did he die in a plane crash? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think he might have. So it's a it's a pretty big day this day, Hunty. It is December six. And this is 2022. Again, welcome to our program. We're glad you're here and we know you're going to enjoy it. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to install your cough button back in. Because I'm coughing. <laughs> yep. Why am I coughing? Um, I can take a guess at that, but I won't. I don't have COVID. No. No, it's because uh, I think... New, me new medications. It's these medications yeah. I'm on to bring yeah. my cholesterol and my blood pressure yeah, down. Yeah, make you cough. Ah, oh, man. Life's hard, isn't it? This first, this first song is about life being hard. It's an oldie. It's a goldie. I never knew this song even existed until a few weeks ago because I'm always, as you know, Humpty, mm -hmm. uh, ranging around the, yep, the, the internet hunt. trying to find new songs. And when I heard this song, it wasn't just the tune I liked because it's kind of in the, the sense of the old hymns, this tune. It was the words because I think these words pretty much described how I feel. I'm a pastor, I'm a man of God, I'm a sinner, I'm a servant, and I'm a soldier of the Lord. And soon, when Jesus comes, I'll be going home.
to Death Star, swelling river like a warrior. I shall come. soldier and I'm going home. I think if you're a Christian and you're battling through life with the temptations and the trials and the challenges that are out there, that's probably a big song, mm. I'm a soldier, because mm. it's not easy. Never was easy being a Christian, you know that, don't you, Hunty? But, exactly. Pe- people who say to me it's easy being a Christian, I, I, I don't know where they're coming from. In fact, I think it's getting more difficult. Yep. You're going to say something and I interrupt nah, you. it's all good. I cut you off. No, nah, it's good. Come on, I want to hear it. You can't uh, the tune of that song sounded to me like um, "Come There Many Fontaine, Many Blessings." I think it is. Okay, yeah. 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 Uh, I think these tunes don't belong to particular songs. No, they take the tunes and then they put words to them. Yes, but I really, really, I, I think it is a, the basic tune of "Come Thou Found of Every Blessing" for those Christians who know that song. But I think it is a kind of a little bit different. I um, was thinking back to the history of a lot of Christian songs. They were just pub tunes in the day that they took. And put Christian words to 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 help the the common folk learn scripture and you mean sing praises common tunes yeah, yeah. common people like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah common tunes of course um, news we've yes. already talked a little bit about some stuff today we have uh, Elon Musk destroys Trump you know Donald Trump makes a great claim here that. The election was stolen from him. Yep. And then he goes on to say, which I think is very dangerous in the last few days. Very dangerous. I'm not talking politics here as much as just the principle of what he's doing, Mm -hmm. that the Constitution should be changed so that he can be put back in uh, because he, he somehow feels that he's been ripped off. And then Elon Musk, who now owns Twitter was a friend and perhaps even an ally of Donald Trump, comes out and says no president is bigger than the Constitution. Mm. The reason I put this in, Hunty, is I think we're getting into a very dangerous time for democracies now. Yes. When you get candidates for the President of the United States of America accusing the US of corruption in their democratic process and confusing 
his supporters, which could be close to up to half the country. It's dangerous. And then you see the same thing happening in Brazil. And it seems to me that unless you have faith in the institution itself, the institution of democracy, that democracy will can, well, can and will fall. I think we need to understand that. We need to understand the stakes that are happening here. I, I don't know whether there's corruption in the American system or the, in the Brazilian system or even the Australian system. How can we know, Hunty? Mm. I, yeah. I, think the, I think a very interesting point about this is just after Donald Trump said what he did about the Constitution needing to be amended, he actually walked it back because he had come under a lot of pressure from a lot of people. So yeah. he walked it back and then he said he never said it. But he put it up as a, a um, as a post on his social media site, Truth. Yeah. So you can't say you never said it when it's still up on <laughs> on his own his own site called Truth. Well, I suppose in the end, Donald Trump will be Donald Trump. But and again, I'm not here to to give. I, I was Donald just saying, Trump. it's good that he walked it back. Well, otherwise, you, otherwise, it's just one more step closer uh, to internal fight. I personally think the damage is already done, mm. Mm. Uh, and I think our politicians need to be very careful when they question the democratic system itself. Yep. One thing I will say is in Australia we have what are called electoral commissions. So we have the Federal Australian Electoral Commission and each state has electoral commissions and they are independent bodies that run the uh, elections and the boundaries of the seats. Uh, they put them together and they're completely independent of parties. And so when we have a vote in Australia, it's overseen by an independent body, including... Um, scrutineers from all the parties. Mm. So very, very difficult to see corruption in the Australian system. Well, I'm not saying it's not there. Mm. Anything's possible in this day and age. Yep. Uh, the American system's a bit, it's a bit like the Wild West and it's a little bit more questionable. But the fact is, the moment you get people of influence questioning the, 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 the democracy itself, mm. I mean, if you go too far, you go that, down that road that Trump's on too yep. far, the American experiment would fail. It leads to civil war. It, 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 it would, in the end, I think, lead to the annihilation of America. It would cease mm. to exist as a mm. as a nation, and, yep. and so I think it's really different. It's a sign of the times. Yes, when we see that is for sure. Men, women of influence making these sort of accusations. What about this one? Not so much a, a dark thing. This is an environmental one. Kmart has is ditching receipts. Mm. They're they're going to just send you a digital receipt. Nice. What happens if you don't? And I, I know people who don't. If you don't have an email. So this is not actually going to go to email. Well, what if you don't have a mobile phone? It doesn't go to your mobile phone either. Where's it go? So for anybody who's paying with a plastic card or paying with wireless pay like a phone or an Apple Watch, their receipt will be sent with the charge to their bank. They will appear on their statement. So it'll say Kmart, four D cell batteries, three dollars each. GST. So if I go, if I go to, a, to this is going to happen. Woolworths came out across the line. So it'll, it'll list all the things I've bought. It'll be a, on the line item on your statement. You can click show me more, and it'll give you every single thing you purchased and individual what it cost. Well, and it'll be problem. also in a format. That's a real problem for me. But it's a format that the tax office apparently will approve, so you can actually, for your tax, not have to keep receipts. They anymore. already approve that. But that's a major problem for me. Because when I go to the supermarket for my wife... <laughs> I can see why there'd be a problem for I you. Sneak that, yes. I sneak that ice Flavored chocolate. milk. Now she's going to be able to chocolate. see it. You have to pay cash, mate. 
that well, I don't know what cash looks like anymore. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll lend you some. <laughs> I haven't used cash in a long way. Kind of again, another sign of the times, isn't it? When you see us getting so electronically savvy. Hey, does can, can you get these receipts on your phone if you choose? Okay, there are a lot of companies like JB Hi-Fi. No, no, I mean with Kmart with what they're doing. Well, only via your bank app. But at the moment, it's only NAB and it's only Kmart. Oh, so it's only going to be on the bank statement That's itself. Right. That's right. Uh, no, uh, uh, the article I read said the four big banks have agreed. Well, I think, it's, for me personally, that's a wonderful thing because I hate, I've taken photos of receipts for the last five or ten years because receipts have been fading. And they're fading faster and faster. Yeah, so I take photos and I've got a scatter photos everywhere of receipts and then I try and find them for my tax. I'm much happier with my bank statement having them all collected for me. Okay, and this last one we're looking at today, oh, this is a very serious <laughs> one for me. Uh-oh. Onions through the roof. I like onions. So, at the moment, I'm on this diet. It's not going well either, Hunty. Oh, it's dear. not going well. I feel on the um, same boat. Um, no, no, I was looking at you the other day. I think you've lost a bit of weight. Yeah, but I, I had a couple of missteps the last couple of days. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, here I am. Last night, 10 o'clock, I asked my wife for this uh, yellow soup. What's that? That Leek and onion? No, oh. that... It, it's supposed to bring the... I've forgotten the name of it. It's supposed to bring the swelling, the, the inflammation down. Oh, with turmeric in it? Tu- yeah, turmeric soup. Makes it yellow. Got it. But I had to go down the shop and get some onions, and I paid a fortune for them. And usually onions are pretty cheap. That's right. This article today says that food is going to continue to rise for yes. two reasons. Yes. The flood? Yep. Apparently it's the flood that's put the onions up. Yes, because they were mainly grown out on the, on the high plain there in Mildura. Oh, really? Is that where onions come from? Mostly. I didn't know that. Yes. What, all year round? The, the climate there is is really well suited to that and a few other cruciferous vegetables. And I love my onions. Oh, I love onions. But apparently they're looking at an 8 to 12% increase in the next few months. Well, they've doubled their price in the last month. Onions? Onions. Mm. They used to be the cheapest, one of the cheapest veggies in the shop. And I mm. like onions. I cook them a lot. I eat them a lot. I eat them raw. I, I cook them. They're, they're really, really good for you. And yet, we're going to continue to see these food prices rise. And so, you know, I look back on these news articles today, um, Trump threatening the democracy, uh, Kmart electronically moving ahead in leaps and bounds with technology, food going up, all these things the Bible actually talks about, Hunty, yep. as being a sign that soon... We shall, shall, shall see, shall see Jesus come. You know what? I was reading just this week how someone was saying Adventists are always talking. It was a criticism too. Oh dear. About the imminence of the second coming of Jesus. I'm going to deal with this next year when we come back on the radio. Yep. The imminence of the second coming of Jesus. You know what? I believe he's going to come soon. I want to read the paper when I watch television news, when I listen to the radio, when I get online, all these signs tell me to look up, look east, because Jesus will be back. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. The Gatlin brothers are a really, really big, they are, hunty, mm-hmm. big yep. singing group. We've had a few they songs are. from them in the last couple of weeks. Um... And this song is one of my favourite. It's a slow one, but it's beautiful. Listen to the words and think about what Jesus is offering you today if you were to give him your heart. It's called Sheltered in the Arms of God.
Jesus walks beside me. God, you are sheltered in the arms of God. Nice. Um, when you're walking with Jesus, and it's really important to have that experience, especially as you get older. Now, witchcraft, hunty. Mm. I think I've through this series I've mentioned I haven't really had a whole lot to do with witchcraft, but every time I go to Papua New Guinea on these outreach mission trips, where I go up there and I run programs telling people about Jesus, I come head to head with the power of the occult, the power of darkness. It is out there. I've experienced it for myself. I think, I don't think I've told our radio audience this one, Hunty. Um, when I was up in Lay, I talked to you about what happened up there, didn't I? Mm. How I was, um, 
meant Hagen, actually. No, no, this one's Lay. Lay, yeah. Yeah, no, Hagen stuff went down big time all over the place. Yep. But when I'm in Lay, um, I'm, I'm preaching. Did I talk about this on the third or the fourth night? No. I'm preaching away, and all of a sudden, this black Cadillac turns up to the grounds I'm preaching in. There's twenty or 30,000 people there, so everyone's watching this. I'm stunned. I'm stunned at what goes on. Yeah. And someone gets out of this Cadillac and kind of just floats across the ground like Michael Jackson. You know that moonwalk yep. he does? Yeah. Really smooth, only they're going forwards. And and I couldn't really see them that well because it was dark. And they come, and I'm preaching. They come around in front of me, and then I could see, just did a, a like that, um, you know, a, yeah, cut what throat. do you call that? A cutthroat cut, cut yeah. symbol. I'm doing that as though people can see me. <laughs> a cutthroat <laughs> symbol. And the sound went off. So I started to pray, and as I'm praying, people started to throw things. And I thought they might have been throwing it at me. You know, you just don't know what's going on. And mm. then all of a sudden, as I'm praying, uh, this thing disappeared underneath the stage and was gone. Car and being. Now, that sounds pretty incredible, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But I was there and experienced this. Um, the last night of this program, he turns up again with a shotgun. Now, people out there listening, if you know me, you'll know I'm actually a ridgy-ditch Aussie bloke. I don't tell lies. I'm up front. Uh, I told you, I think, before on the way back in the plane, I met an executive from up there and told him some of these stories. He's not a Christian, but he just went, yep, yep, strange stuff goes on up there with the witch doctors and, and, and the spirits and the occult. And I was hustled off into a car and disappeared. Um, and that was my last experience with the occult in lay. But every single time I go up there with the witch doctors and the spirits and the demons and stuff up there, I see things happen. But down here in Australia, and one of the reasons when people are listening to this they find it so incredulous is because generally out in the general population, this doesn't happen. Mm. That's why. It just doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, if it's not something I've experienced, if it's not in my life paradigms, then probably I'm not going to believe it real easily. And with the sceptic minds we've got that we're educated to have, there'll be people listening on the radio and say, well, this guy's either full of bulldust. You know what bulldust is, don't you? It's very soft sand up in northern parts of Australia. Well, out in the desert. In the desert. Apparently it gets in the car. It's finest talcum powder, and it's impossible to keep out nearly. And And it's very hard to drive through. And, and, and it jams everything up. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably think I'm either full of bulldust or, or, or just straight lying um, because it's not in your paradigm. It's not in your realm of reality. But the reality, but, but the fact is up there in Papua New Guinea, you've seen it, Hunty, mm. these things go down because it, it happens a whole lot up there, but not down here. Down here, as I said last week, I think the devil and witchcraft and the occult think they're a little bit more sophisticated. And they work through movies and music and song. But it is here. It is very powerful. It is very prevalent in our community. And you see it. You just see a little glimpse of it sometimes when we see movies come out or series on television that glorify this stuff. This is a story of a young girl who was a witch. Led into it, would you believe it, hunty, by her teacher. It's not a long one, but it surely is worth listening to. She was someone who I trusted, someone who I became comfortable being around. She spoke to me and she said, Alicia, I want to tell you something. And she said, I'm involved in the occult. Alicia Sweeting Miller was 13 years old when she met Lorona, a school teacher who told Alicia she had psychic powers. And she said that I've seen the gift in you. 
seen the gift in you and that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to you. I was attracted to you and so I believe that I could help advance this gift. At the time, Alicia was living in Jamaica where her parents raised her in church. In fact, just months before, she had given her life to Christ. It was really genuine. I was really excited because I knew for fact that if I had died that time, I was in the right place or right standing. And I just began to spread the good news that I, have, I was now a Christian. I was now serving God. At first, Alicia was wary of Lorona, but there was also something intriguing about her new friend. I began to think that, okay, if she was a witch or if she practiced this thing, maybe she was a good person, maybe she was a good witch. I began to think about all the shows that I was seeing on television. I began to more deny, be in denial as to what she really was. Little by little, she introduced Alicia into the occult, using tarot cards, meeting spirit guides, and summoning spirits. There was one evening I decided I was going to summon the demon. Suddenly I felt a jerk. And the only thing I remembered after that was walking down the streets in the traffic. A couple of neighbors were there. They were saying all sorts of stuff like maybe it was drugs and she was on drugs and this thing was driving her out of her mind. As she delved more into the occult, Alicia enjoyed the sense of control she felt it gave her. I wanted to have that recognition. I wanted to be known about becoming one of the world's powerful witch. And I wanted to do what I wanted to do and no one telling me what to do. Alicia moved to the Bahamas to delve deeper into occult practices. She also became an angry and vengeful woman, ready to cast a spell on anyone who crossed her. At the time, I always believed that no one would do me anything and get away with it. I would have to get you back and it would have to be worse than what you did to me. You know, I had this vengeance in me and I felt as if though I had to be my own god. By her early 20s, Alicia was a well-known witch, making great money reading fortunes for conventioneers. Then, one evening, Alicia had a visitor. I was coming from Paradise Island. At that night, I did one of the biggest reading of my entire life. I think I read for almost 1,500 persons. And as I was driving over the bridge, it felt as if there was someone else was in the car with me. And I began to look over my shoulders, look in the mirror to make sure that no one else was in the car. And I began to think to myself, wonder if I picked up a spirit that was over there. That night when I got home, I felt as if though I was dumb. I felt like I couldn't talk. And I laid in the bed that night and I could not sleep. But I felt like I could not get up out of the bed to open the door and I could not open my mouth to say, hey, I'm in here. Alicia began to feel pressure on her chest that felt like a heart attack. I began to think to myself, I'm gonna die. Only in the movies, when I watch the movies that someone is gonna die, that their entire life begin to flash across their face just like this. And so I began to say, if I die, I don't wanna die like this. For the first time since she was 13, Alicia prayed to God. And I said, you know, God, if you spare me, if you give me one more chance, I would serve you. I want to change my life. I want to turn things around. I, I promise you that I would serve you for the rest of my life. And I will tell others about you and about what you did for me. The presence left. Afterwards, Alicia called Lorona to tell her she was through and started reading her Bible and praying daily. One Sunday, she went to church. Uh, the, the message was that Sunday morning was um, starting over again. And as the pastor began to preach that Sunday, I began to cry. And it felt as though I couldn't stop crying. And I cried the entire service. And everything was just coming to me. The things that I did, the persons who I may have hurt, maybe physically, maybe mentally, maybe persons who I shut out of my life, persons who I've hurt, hurt by my words. When Alicia got home, Lorona was waiting for her. She began to say that, you know, what are you doing? You know, these, you know, Christians have you brainwashed. What are you thinking? What are you doing? And I got so bold and I said, you know what? Get out of my house. 
I don't want to see you in my house anymore. And I took out the cards, the rune cards, the tarot cards, the angel cards, all the cards that I had. I just began to take them out one by one and I began to drop them in the fire and I lit them a fire right there. And when the fire was over, I just fall to my knees and I began to cry out to God. I said, God, this is it. There's no turning back now. You know, I made up in my mind that 100% I'm going all the way. It ends tonight. You know, it's all gone. There's nothing else that I have in my house that represented the occult. There's nothing that I had in my house that represented the kingdom of darkness. I started to surround myself with persons who were more, you know, into God and persons who were Christians. And they begin to counsel me to do deliverance sessions with me. And it caused me to grow spiritually. Alicia was recently married and became an ordained minister. She continues to grow in her faith and loves to share her story with others to help them avoid the snare of the occult. God saved me for a reason. Now I'm bold in Christ. I speak boldly for the kingdom of God. You know, he's a God that delivers. He's a God that's set free. He's a forgiven God. He's a loving God. You know, many persons thought that there was no turning around for me. He could do it for you. He could turn it around. He could turn things around. There could be transformation in your life. Just as how God has done it for me, he would be able to do it for you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Uh, you got me then. Why? I just unmuted my mic and you asked me a question and I said, oh. what? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take the floor for a second. I, Can I give I, a plug for Ask the I, Aussie Pastor? I like that. Yes, you led me into <laughs> sin. <laughs> you pulled the rope tight as I was walking past. All right. <laughs> Sorry. So, hey, it's um, Ask the Aussie Pastor coming up in a little while. And if you'd like to send us your questions, we would love to have them. You can do it one of two ways. You can text us on 488 or you can email them to us. The email address is theaussiepastor at gmail.com. So please send in your questions. Yeah, good stuff, aren't you? Indeed. <laughs> and you're still laughing, aren't you? <laughs> that was a tasty little morsel for you. It, it, it's, it's Christmas time. I'm going to continue this Bible study on the occult. She has a, a, a pretty amazing story, that girl. I'm, I don't know whether you noticed, but she's actually pulling her punches a bit too. Right. She's, she's censoring what she's saying and what she went through. Because a lot of what goes on in the occult, even here in Western nations, it's so diabolical that you're, it, it's difficult to talk about. Um, and, and it's a dreadful, dreadful darkness to get involved in. And, and one of the things I want to share with you in our Bible studies, and one of the things I want you to get out of this little series, is that if you are involved in the occult, if you're lost in it, if you're caught in it, Jesus is more powerful than the demons and yep. Satan himself, and you can get out. For sure. So it's real. For those of you who don't believe, it is real. Mm-hmm. And if you're caught in it, and some of you listening to this are probably caught in it, you just call on the name of Jesus of Nazareth in prayer, in your mind, if you can call out loud even better, and you will get freedom, you'll get safety, you'll get protection, yep. you'll get some assurance against some very, very powerful entities because these spirits are powerful. Mm. I chose this song because I thought in the middle of this little section we needed a bit of a change of pace pace uh, to redirect ourselves to the light and to the goodness of God. It is Christmas. It is Christmas. And this is my favourite 
Christmas song. This is our first seasonal carol too, isn't it? Well, I waited. I wanted to play one earlier, but I waited until December. Isn't that the rule? December 6th is a good time. Yeah, you got to mm. wait until December. I wanted to play one last week, but I didn't. This Thank is goodness called... that was November. <laughs> <laughs> I know I would have been in big trouble from you. Hunty's a bit of a Christmas Grinch. I am. <laughs> um, this song, Angels, we have heard on high. Probably one of the most famous of all the Christmas carols by the Gaithers. What, hunty? Mm-hmm. Christmas is a really, really good time to advance Jesus to the Australian population. Agreed. I reckon there are two times when Aussies will even have a little look at Jesus Christmas time and Easter. And we do big things in both in our church. We do. And this uh, Christmas, Sabbath, Saturday, yes. which is when we worship, is December 24, Christmas Eve. It's a once in a generation opportunity. <laughs> And so this Christmas Eve, we're going to have a special program Saturday. What time? 11 o'clock. December 24? December 24. What are we going to be doing, Hunty? It'll be a beautiful celebration of Christmas with carol singing and lots of of talented musicians, worship and praise. And uh, we've got some youth up the front who are going to tell the story. Of Jesus the baby We were in Bethlehem a few years ago Remember that? We were Was it what you expected Going to Bethlehem? 
Um, it was just an absolutely huge privilege to be in in the Bible lands. It's probably it's actually, one of the highlights of about, my life. Can you remember Bethlehem? Yes, or not really. I can. It's a bit, it was actually a little bit of a letdown because <laughs> I've, I've seen pictures of a, of a baby Jesus in a manger in a cradle in a stable with horses. And all and of this, there's a city now. It's just an outer suburb <laughs> town. of Jerusalem. Yeah, an outer suburb what of town. surprised me about Bethlehem is how close it was to Jerusalem. Yes, very close. Yes, <laughs> but if you live in the northwest of Sydney. Yes. Anywhere in the northwest of Sydney on Christmas Eve, December 24 at 11 a.m. If you're looking for somewhere to go, it's a Saturday, so a lot of you aren't working. Yep. Make an effort. Come to New Hope. Yep. We're going to have this very, very special Christmas celebration. And then after it, probably about 12, 12.30, aren't This will go for an hour, an hour and a half. And this, look, I, I, you saw me. I wanted to sing that Christmas carol then, didn't I? I was hoping you would start singing because your mic wasn't muted. <laughs> I was looking Actually, forward to it. <laughs> I checked before I sang and it was muted. Thank you very much. Right at, so the, end, right at the end, the last 30 seconds when you unmuted, I thought, oh, he's going to sing. <laughs> uh, no, not, that's going to happen because I knew what you'd do. You'd put it on. I'd tell it louder. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> I know you would, actually. Anyway. Um, but come along. Come and, meet the and Aussie pastor. After, uh, well, you know what? Celebrate the birth of yeah, the Messiah. Meet Jesus. Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and after it, we're having a big, special Christmas lunch. That's right. That you're invited to. We'll be there. Hunty will be there. I'll be there. In fact, for Samuel Place. Quakers Hill, just off Quakers Hill Parkway, behind the Aldi, the Life Anglican Church. Beautiful church, beautiful place, easy to get to, plenty of parking. Where the New Hope Seventh-day Adventist Church yes. meets every Saturday. We hire their church on a Saturday morning. And so this program begins at 11 o'clock. And it I'll does. tell you what, if you don't live in northwest Sydney, have a look at your Adventist churches around Australia. Most of them will be doing something come Christmas Correct. Eve. You can, be, you can almost guarantee that. That's right. And if you come to New Hope, you're going to get a warm welcome, that's for sure, huh? sure. Hey, Bible study. It is time. We're talking about the occult. And today, I want to share with you the power of those who know Jesus, the power they have over the occult. It's a no contest. If I was to go into a boxing match with uh, Tyson Fury... Mike Tyson? No, Tyson, Tyson Fury. Fury. You modernised it. Of course, man. I don't live in the... I lived 30 <laughs> years ago like you do. Tyson Fury, he's the world heavyweight, undisputed world lineal heavyweight champion. If I was to go into a boxing match with him, I'd last two seconds. One punch. Yeah. Oh, I'd fall over before the first punch. <laughs> As a safety measure. Yeah. <laughs> in sympathy for myself, I'd be out on the canvas before he even threw, it. threw a punch. Uh, if you were to go up against Satan in yourself, it doesn't matter who you are, you can be a pastor, you can be a churchgoer, you can be just an average Aussie, hedonistic Australian. You go up against Satan or any of his demons, you're a no chance. I've been around and when they've come in the room, Hunty puts the hackles on the back of your neck up. Mm. Almost, not almost, impossible for us to defeat. But when you've got you plus the Holy Spirit inside of you, the tables in this contest change and it's a no contest for Satan and the demons. I want to prove it for a couple of stories, Hunty, which I think are very powerful. Yep. This one in Acts chapter 13, verse 6. This is a story of Paul the Apostle outside Jesus, my favourite personality in all the Bible. 
Start reading, mate. Okay, uh, Acts 13, verse 6. Afterwards, they travelled from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a, self, a false prophet named Barhasis. Now, this is Paul. He's on his missionary journeys, and he meets this false prophet who is a Jewish what, hunty? He's a um, sorcerer. Sorcerer. He's mm. into the occult. Yep. So Paul and the occult, Paul the Apostle, mm-hmm. and the occult come head to head. Yep. They go head to head here. And what I want to just stress to you is Paul was a man of God. He was an apostle. He's a man who'd spent the three disciple. years with... No, he wasn't a disciple, just an apostle. He was never a disciple of Jesus. He'd spent three... Well, he was a disciple in the sense that he, he was followed, a follower, yep. but yep. he wasn't one of the 11, the 12 disciples yep. of Jesus. He was an apostle who came along later. His conversion experience on the road to Damascus is incredible. It's in the book of Acts. After his conversion experience, he goes off into the deserts uh, of a Arabia, that's not Saudi Arabia, that's Arabia which is of the Middle East. He's out there for three years, for three years, Jesus, four years, Jesus teaches him, Jesus comes down and supernaturally teaches him the gospel. Mm. He then comes back and when he comes back, he's full of the Holy Spirit, he's the most powerful man walking on the planet. beautiful. And he comes in contact with this man who's a sorcerer who has a demon, verse Mm. 7. Yeah, this false prophet named Barhasis, he'd attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus who was an intelligent man, the governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. Okay, so the governor has got the Holy Spirit working on him. He wants to hear about Jesus. Barnabas is Paul or Saul's. Saul later became Paul. So this is Paul. Barnabas was his offsider, was his helper. That's like you and me, hunty. I'm your offsider. I'm your helper. Okay, verse 8. Phew, my screen just came back on. Okay, but Elymas, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Okay, so you see what's happening here? The occult, the man full of the demons, the occult is getting in the way of Paul sharing the gospel of Jesus to this governor, who's a very powerful man. Hunty, first point. The occult will always get in the way of you seeing Jesus. Yep. You cannot have Jesus in your heart and dabble in the occult. And I'm talking about Ouija boards. I'm talking about going to witches, mm, to tarot cards. Sciences. I'm also talking about watching this stuff on television, in the movies, and in Netflix. I'm talking Harry Potter. I'm talking these other programs which are full of witches and wizards and sorcerers. If you're fair dinkum. I'm going to be as straight as I can on this, and I talk to myself as much as anyone. Lord of the Rings is full of it. If you're fair income, you're not going to watch this stuff because it's got witches, witches, wizards, sorcerers right through it. You cannot have both together in your life. And it disturbs me. I'm getting this Bible study ready in the last few days, hunty. Mm. It disturbs me when I go online and I see how many people who are claimed Christians, some of them even in my own movement, who are saying there's no problem going and watching this stuff. Oh, it's harmless. No, it's not. Mm. And we're seeing here these two powers come into conflict with each other. This is a heavyweight confrontation, hunty. Yes. What happens? Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Notice what he's filled with? The Holy Spirit. This guy's full of God. Yep. Yep. Then he said, You, son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud... 
and enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Now, this guy's demon-inspired. He's demon-possessed. He is with the governor because he's got power. Supernatural works have been coming through this sorcerer. It's impressed the governor, but I like the first verse which says the governor, or the second verse, was a good man. Mm. He's seeking God. God recognised that. Paul goes at this guy hard. He's not being overly polite here. Mm. He's telling him fact and truth. Yep. Now what happens? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Notice the mercy of God. Mm. He doesn't strike him blind for the rest of his mm. life. Mm. Just for a little while. Yep. So this sorcerer and the governor knows who's in charge. Yeah. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. You see what happened there? Mm. God wins. Instantly. And I'm telling you, Hardy, here's my testimony. Every single time... The occult, Satan and his demons come up against Jesus, against God and his men and women. If you're inspired by God, if you've got God in you, every time the occult comes up against you, you win because of the power of God in you. God never loses against the occult. Never, ever, ever. So the governor is watching this confrontation, Mm. this confrontation of great powers in the heavens. He sees Paul. Put this bloke in his place and more than that, now he's blind. Yep. Praise God, it was only for a little bit of time. Yep. What happens, verse 12? Mm. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. You could almost say he was astonished at the power of the Lord. Yes. So here you see the governor, he sees Paul in action, he sees what power is really in control and what power is really in charge. He becomes a believer. Yep. Beautiful stuff. Second story. These are just short stories, hunty. Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. This is Paul again. And this is Paul. This guy is fearless. Whenever he comes up against the occult, he doesn't take a backward step. He just strides straight into the battle, full on. And here we have another instance. Paul the Apostle, what happens? Verse 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She's a clairvoyant, mate. Mm. She's a witch. Mm. And she has this demonic spirit in her. Now, can the demons, can the devil, can darkness tell the future? Seems to say so here. What do you think? I don't know. It actually doesn't say so I, there. I would say, it just says, I would say no. It just said she, she was telling the future and making a fortune. It doesn't, say, perhaps. doesn't say that what she was saying always came true. Yeah. You're going to come. I was going to say perhaps the demons can affect the future. Or perhaps they're real good guesses at it. Or perhaps they can walk in the shadows and make certain things come true. They're going to guess right. the future. Right. And they're going to do it pretty well. Okay. And so this girl's a witch, she's a slave, and she's making big money. Yep. For her masters. Conning people, yeah. But she's a slave, and she's not just a slave to her master. Mm. She's a slave to the demons. And Paul looks at her full of sympathy. Verse 17. Mm. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. That amazes me there. Yeah, how did she It's know? almost, well, she's got a demon. This is the demon yeah. talking. Yeah. It's almost like the demon is being forced yeah, to proclaim. say this yes. and proclaim <laughs> who Paul is and who is inside his heart. 
Mm. It's very, very powerful. It's like the demon has no choice but to say, well, these men yep, are from are God from, yep. and they're going to tell you how to be saved. Yes. But it's annoying Paul because she's shouting, she's making a noise, she's stopping him getting the gospel out. So what happens? <laughs> well, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her. You like that? Yeah. He turns to the demon. demon. Yep. Mm. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and instantly it left her. And that's what will happen to you when you call on the name of mm. Jesus Christ. Instantly it will leave. Instantly mm. the demon is forced to leave. And that's what I want you to know today in this short Bible study, that Jesus is the most powerful, Jesus is in control, and if you call on his name as Paul did, the power wasn't Paul, it was what was in him. Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. If you call on the name of Jesus of Nazareth, he will come, you will defeat the demon, and you will be free. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. This song, Hunty, mm. Master the Tempest is Raging by Jesse Dixon. Oh, I, I've, I've got your grace still amazes me. Uh, you're right. Woohoo! <laughs> I keep saying, yeah. one day yes. I'm going to remember to bring my glasses. <laughs> glasses. <laughs> because what happens is, your grace still amazes me. I can read it, but it's really small writing. Okay. And see, Master, the tempest is raging. It's really big writing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> this is a good song. This is a good song. Fountain View Academy. And you know, when Jesus comes to you and saves you from the demons, hunty, and he will if you ask, I want to stress that. Ask in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, he will come. This is foolproof. It's 100% guaranteed. Absolutely. When he comes, you know what you call it? Grace. Yeah. His grace. What's grace? The free gift of his love. Mm. The indwelling of his power through yep. the Holy Spirit. Yep. His work of saving. This yes. is all grace. Grace. His grace. That thing that saves me from the power of the demons, it still amazes me. My faithful father Enduring friend Your tender mercies like a river with no end it overwhelms me covers my sin each time I come into your presence I stand in wonder once again Your grace Still amazes me Your love Is still a mystery Each day I fall on my knees Cause your grace Still amazes
Grace Still Amazes Me by Fountain View Academy. What a beautiful song. Just moves my spirit. Well, coming up, we've got uh, an interview with Harold Hucker, but before we go to the interview, let me just give one more quick plug for Ask the Aussie Pastor. There is still time. If you would like to send in your questions for this segment, it's coming up just after the next song, after the next interview, and you can do that very easily by texting them to us on 0488 double eight zero eight five one or you can email them to us at the sorry email them to us the address is the Aussie pastor at gmail.com now listeners we love having you on board and we're making plans for next year so if any of you have any suggestions or ideas or things you'd like us to think about or segments you'd like us to um, to add to our program we'd love to hear from you so the same again, 0488 or email at com. Let us know what you think about our program and if there are any changes you'd like us to make. I don't know whether we want them to let us know what they think about them. No, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's good. And in that case, yes. feel, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell us what you want to change. Any, any it, ideas for new segments? If or? you want to change the car host, I'm open to that too. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more music or more Bible study or more interviews or more testimonies, let us know. Our music's good. Music's good. I like our music. Mm. You know why I like our music? Why is that? I choose it. Okay, of course. <laughs> As I keep reminding our listeners, the only time I let you choose it, you know what happened. Yeah, I got punished. <laughs> Not by me. The man hammer fell on me. <laughs> Not by me. Hey, Harold, are you there, mate? 
Yeah, I need, I, I, I need rescuing. Hunty wants to move on. <laughs> I need rescuing, mate. How are you today, Harold? I'm great. Lloyd, it's great to be back with you. Yeah. Great topic tonight. It um, is, and we're not far from Christmas either, are we? That's right. It's, it's days that are coming up. How it, many sleeps to Christmas? Hunty knows that. Not 19. <laughs> 18. Uh, no, 19. That's yeah, six, nineteen. Six, yeah, nineteen. Nineteen sleeps to Christmas, or eighteen. I don't know. Hunty will work that out in yeah. the break. Let's get into this. Ar- Erasmus. This guy fascinates me. Actually, he's always fascinated me. He's a bit of an enigma for me. He um, is. Yeah. Tell us who was Erasmus. Well, he was a Dutch philosopher who was a Catholic theologian and influenced the Middle Ages tremendously. When was he born? He was born in October 1466, which was just 17 years before Martin Luther. So these guys, again, are they're not colleagues by any stretch of the imagination, but they're contemporaries. Yes, they would be contemporaries. Who is his father and mother? Because I found this very interesting. And were they married? Because I found this very interesting. Well, uh, Erasmus's father was Gerard, and he was a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. Now, he was in Gouda, uh, which is a town or a city in the Netherlands. His mother was Margaretha, and she was the daughter of a doctor there. And this priest, Gerard and Margaretha, got together in Gouda, and uh, they weren't married. Was, were priests allowed to be married, or were they allowed to be with women like that back then? No, they weren't. So he was uh, conceived out of wedlock. Would it be fair to say that he was brought up then in a more liberal Catholic home? He probably, yes, because he was uh, born in Rotterdam, and he was carefully brought up by his parents from then on. So even though his, his dad's a priest and his mother could have even been his maid, is that correct? Yeah, he could have been the housekeeper for the priest. So even though they weren't married, they brought him up as a family. That's right. Who was he named after? Uh, he was named after a saint, and that was uh, the saint was uh, um, Erasmus from the time past. And uh, here it is. I'm just checking out. Yeah, he was named after a saint because you'd expect. A Catholic priest would do that. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, Saint Erasmus. And now we've got Erasmus. Did he know God? Did Erasmus ever meet God? I don't know if he met him in person, but he was trained to read the scriptures and he would have found God by the scriptures. Do you think he was a follower, a disciple of Jesus, or we're not sure? I would say yes, he would have seen God as the supreme being and Jesus the one who came to die for the human race. He would have seen that and would have believed that. Now, he was extremely intelligent, wasn't he? That would be a fair comment, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. You know, when you just see what he did and who he was, um, he was extremely intelligent and was a leading uh, light, a leading philosopher for all his life. What do you think about the rules of his religion? Well, 
you know, he had become a uh, Augustine, uh, joined that order, and he didn't like these harsh rules, and he virtually tossed them out of his life. He didn't like their strict methods of all the brothers there, uh, and so that was really opposite to what the church was saying at the time. He was a bit of a rebel then. He was. A real rebel. Um, yeah. So he, sure. he joins the Augustine Order in 1487. In 1488, what happens? Well, he takes the vows there to join the Order officially, and just four years later after that, he's ordained as a Catholic priest. Okay. Now, I found this interesting. There are some that thought that he may have been gay. Is there any evidence of that? Well, it is known that he wrote some passionate love letters to a fellow canon in the church when, and later when he was tutoring in Paris he, and was dismissed. He may have been seen to have leanings to homophobic people, but there is no, he has never said that he was in his whole lifetime. So he could have been, we're just not sure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, he travelled a lot. In fact, he travelled a whole lot. And I don't want to get bogged down in this too much, but just tell us a little bit about that. Well, in his studies, he studied at different um, universities. He was in Paris, and then he uh, went across to England, mm. and uh, then he came back and went in Italy. He graduated from the University of Turin with a Doctor of Divinity, mm. And he went to what we call Basel in Switzerland, and then he came back to England another time and taught at the University of Cambridge. So this guy was well-travelled for his time. And this is a time where it wasn't that easy to travel either. That's right. It would have taken him a while to do all that travel. Where and what did he teach in England? Well, he was a, a, a lecturer, but he was the Latin specialist. Mm. In fact, all the things that he wrote were in Latin. Okay. Can you imagine that? Wow. Well, again, goes to show that this man is very highly educated, very articulate, got an incredibly powerful mind, would have had an, a great, you know, an enormous IQ. So he's, he's into... Now, yeah, go on, sorry. Now, let me say, besides be, uh, writing in Latin, he also knew Greek, and at the University of Cambridge, he taught Greek. So here's a guy who speaks and teaches Greek and writes in Latin. You couldn't get a higher classical scholar than this. And he would have spoken English of the time. Oh, yes. And he would yeah. have spoken German. No, well, at least Dutch, possibly German. Yeah. Is that right? Multi-language. Right. Multi Again, an, an incredibly powerful mind. Now, this is what he did, which I think is really important. He translated something. Tell us about that from yeah. the Latin. Well, well not from the Latin. He, he, he put it into the Latin, sorry. Correct. He translated into Latin the New Testament and also the Greek New Testament. So he was looking at the original languages that he could find and put out a translation of the New Testament in Latin and another one in Greek. So what, what impact did that have on... What impact did that have on the Protestant Reformation? What impacted Erasmus, this Catholic theologian, philosopher, great mind? What, what impact did that have on the Protestant Reformation by translating into the Latin the Bible from the original languages? Well, 
Luther uh, got hold of his Greek New Testament, and from that he translated the New Testament into German. And remember last week we talked about Zwingli, Mm. and Zwingli got a copy of his Latin, and that really did a lot for Zwingli. And uh, Tyndale, who was another translator of the English New Testament, he also uh, used um, Erasmus's translations as the basis for his works. And so you'll find Tyndale did it. It was published in Worms, and it's also been the basis of the Geneva Bible. So we've got, because of Erasmus, the Bible's translated into German, into English. English. Without him, the Bible could not have been translated. Well, it wouldn't have been uh, at that time, no. He was the one who really started things moving. Did he take sides in the Catholic-Protestant debate? Well, no, he sort of stood aside for it. He said, I'm the scholar, and I will look the the scriptures, and I'm there. He didn't join the debate of Protestantism and Catholic. Uh, he didn't side with either party. He said, I'm above that. He was thought, thought, thought himself as the ultimate one that they would look to. What was his view of Luther, and what was Luther's of his? Well, he called Luther a mighty trumpet of gospel truth. That tells you what he really thought of the doctrine of salvation. Mm. And he agreed that many of the reforms that Luther was calling for were urgently needed. Luther never really returned the favour, though. No, he didn't. Uh, Luther didn't really... Well, the reason was he felt he should come out now and uh, become a Protestant. And so he called him a viper, a liar, Mm. the mouth of Satan. (laughs) But really, (laughs) at the same time, he was the one who had really given a big impetus to the Protestant Reformation. You know, when when I read that and I heard that, it's a bit disappointing in a way, isn't it, that Luther's language couldn't have been a bit more... Uh, well, conciliatory. Luther used extreme language at all times. That's yeah. a, that's a, what Luther did. What do you think stopped Erasmus from becoming a Protestant? Or do we just don't know? Oh, I'm not sure what actually stopped it, but I think it was his love of the Scripture and would stay outside of the... I just don't think he liked conflict. Okay. And so he didn't want to be on either side. He wanted to straddle the fences, it were, a bit. Yeah, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess um, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to know because he, he definitely had a job for God to do in the place he was, and he did it. He um, did it, and he did it well. Was he a prolific writer other than translating the New Testament? Well, cr- translating the Latin so they could translate the New Testament? Was he a prolific writer? Well, you've got to realise that the printing press was publishing every all the books, mm-hmm. Luther's, Erasmus, everything, and by the year 1530, mm-hmm. and so you've got to remember, he would have been then about 70-something, oh, yep, yep. uh, 40, 76. Uh, he was... His writings were almost one in five of all the books across Europe came from Erasmus. So he's a he's a he's a superpower when it comes he to was. he's a superstar. I mean, he's a superstar. Correct. Um, how did he die? 
Well, his strength, everyone gets old, and his strength yep. was beginning to fail. Yep. The Queen Mary of Hungary, and who was also the regent of the Netherlands, and he was a Dutchman, invited him to move from Freiburg, which was in Germany, Swiss area, into Brabant. But uh, at the age of 69, during his preparations, he died from dysentery. Uh, and so he was in Basel and died there. Back then, that was a good old age, too. At uh, 69 in that yeah. time, that would have been an old man. Yeah. How important do you think he was to the Protestant Reformation? Well, without Erasmus's translations, I don't think the Reformation would have got off the ground at all at that time. So what do you think his legacy is? Well, the Bible, whether it was in mm. Greek or Latin or translated into German or English, the Bible and the Bible was his authority and he pushed that and that was the Bible and Erasmus were almost the same. Do we have the Bible today because of Erasmus? Well, yes. Uh, Tyndale's one came from that mm. and Tyndale's was the basis of the King James Version that we use. Mm. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that God has his men and women in, in every movement and every de Christian denomination and religion around the planet, and, and he's not tied by denominational boundaries like sometimes we are. He moves in amongst people and he calls them at his choosing. And I don't know, it'll be one of those things, again, I'd like to see in heaven when Erasmus and Luther meet each other. Luther might change his <laughs> mind then. I'm sure he would. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, Harold, for another another fabulous story. And I think we got another one or two before Christmas. So I'm looking forward to next week. So I know where we're going next week, and that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. It will be. God bless you, okay, brother. God bless. Thank you. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Good guy, Erasmus. I've mm. always been interested, fascinated by him. Never knew that he really came from uh, the, you know, from a family where his father was a priest and his mother was the maid. Right. Amazing, and that they stayed together and brought him up. Just amazing story. You want to say something? I Hunter? did. I did some did some research. Yes, we're eighteen days and seven hours from Christmas, but we're nineteen sleeps. Okay, fine. there you go. I'm sure that's riveting information for our listeners. I find it absolutely riveting. I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> chose this song from Jesse Dix, and here we are. We're here, hunty. We are. Master of the Tempest is raging. You know why I chose this song? Because these guys in the Protestant Reformation came out of great storms. This was a, a time of conflict. It was a time of blood, of martyrdom, mm. uh, of persecution, and yet they stood by Jesus. Uh, Erasmus, another one, and... Uh, I just thought this song kind of sets the tone for what these men and women went through and what they've done. It's a beautiful song. Jesse Dixon, by the way, who sings this song, he was a pastor, he, a Protestant pastor, passed away just a couple of years ago. But when he did pass away, probably one of the biggest uh, Christian uh, musicians, songwriters, singers in America. I think it would be fair to say that, mm, wouldn't it? Quite was, prolific. Did you ever see Jesse Dixon live? No. Because you've seen a few of these guys. I have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I hope you enjoy this song. Jesse Dixon, Master of the Tempest is Raging. Right. Master, the Tempest. 
There's Jesse Dixon singing up a storm. What a great song. Yeah, he enjoys singing. Well, he he used to enjoy singing. Now mm. he waits um, for the call of the Lord and the mm. resurrection. It's amazing, isn't it, how in technology we can listen to people mm. who have passed on. And yep. They're still ministering to us and blessing us. Yes. Uh, there's not a song I don't think that I've heard that Jesse Dixon sings I don't like. Oh, wow. He's full of life. And Do you know much about him or not really? No, no, no nothing. Full of life and energy and vitality. He's a Gaither singer, actually. Yes, he is. That I know. Oh, uh, yeah, big-time Gaither singer. Hey, um... We've been talking about uh, times of trouble, the Protestant Reformation, what these people went through. Yep. There's a go-to place in the Bible I go to when I'm in trouble, and I'll always go to it. And it's what I call an end-time chapter in the Bible. I want to, It's really short, Hunty. I want to read it to you. It's Psalm chapter 27. And if you're in trouble and you need some assurance from God that he is with you, and it's a great thing when you're in trouble. No matter, you can be in trouble because you've inflicted the trouble yes. yourself. That's the most yes. trouble I usually get into. Usually trouble that comes to me, I've done it myself. Yep. I acknowledge that. Sometimes, though, it's perpetrated on me and it sometimes just comes. This is my... Some is where I go to as well for comfort. Yeah, well, this Always. one especially for me. Mm. Can I read it? Please. I'm going to read it. <laughs> The Lord, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I'll never be afraid. He is my fortress and he protects me from every danger. I will not tremble. Don't you like that? Mm. When evil people come to devour me and my enemies come and attack me, they're going to stumble and they're going to fall. A mighty army could surround me. I still will not. My heart will not be afraid. Even when I'm attacked... I remain confident. Don't you reckon this is good? Mm. I mean, you're under attack from either uh, darkness or someone or you're yep. going through a hard time. These, these sorts of passages of Scripture when you go to them, man, do they bring you some assurance and peace? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He conceals me there when troubles come. He places me on a high rock. He puts my head high above my enemies and in his sanctuary I sing praises to the Lord with music. Mm. And I pray, hear me, Lord. Be merciful. Answer me. And my heart has heard you, God, when you said, come and talk to me. My heart has responded. Lord, here I am. I want to talk to you. And it ends like this. I will be confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord while I am in the land of the living. Yes, I'm going to wait patiently for God. I'll be brave and I'll be courageous. I'm going to wait patiently for him. Can you get a sense of why I go there when yeah, I'm in trouble? That is solid. And you're right on the money, mate. If you're in trouble and you're in danger or you're not coping with life, start at Psalm chapter 1. Right. Chapter after chapter after chapter of God saying, you're going to be okay, I'm with you, I will protect you, I will surround you, I will lift you up, I will save you from your enemies. It is just fabulous. And I thought I'd share that just in the light of what we looked at with Erasmus. Okay, Hunty, where are we? It's time for Ask the Aussie Pastor. Okay. I always like Ask the Aussie yeah, Pastor. Yeah, I do. Our first question is from our good mate over in WA. His name's David. And I'm just going to give us some background. He talks about sola scripture in his question, and for those that don't get that, it's what Christians believe, and that is in the Bible, and what the Bible says, and what God says to us through the Bible only. So he has his question. I'm upset with myself for being unworthy, trying to strive to sola scripture, truth of God's word, for being able to hear the Holy Spirit for guidance, but I don't, 
and it's depressing. Well, I don't know David very well, but I know him a little bit. Yep. Um, I hear his question. Uh, yeah. You need to take some comfort, David. Um, I know enough about you to know there's been some big changes in your life in the last six months or more, that you've made massive um, changes through the leading of the Holy Spirit. You are hearing the Holy Spirit. You are into the Bible. You are taking notice of what you hear in the Bible, and you have God very powerfully speaking to you. And I would say you should take comfort in that. But can I give a warning, Hunty? Mm. Just because you hear God speaking to you doesn't mean that everybody else around you does. Mm. They don't. That's true. And just because your heart is open doesn't mean that everybody else's heart is open. And so, Hunty, your heart could be open, yep. but there could be people in your family whose hearts are not open. God can speak to you, but he can't speak to them. And because he's having, because God has difficulty speaking to them doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Mm. It's with them and yep. God, not yep. you yep. and God. So remember that, David, because I know you've got some uh, uh, questions there about your influence and how difficult it is to get those you love and others to share uh, your love of God and what the truths that you have found. Look, it's an exciting thing to find Jesus. It's hard to understand why nobody else can see it. It's just how it is, mate. Yep. It's just how it is. Some people's hearts are open. Some aren't. I've... I've got my own family. Mm-hmm. In my own family, some people have their hearts open to Jesus. Some don't. But rejoice and be blessed that the Holy Spirit's talking to you. Yep. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. And just be patient. I mean, yes. when, you're, when you're praying, I've got kids who don't necessarily follow the Lord as I might want. You just pray for them, you pray for them, you pray for them, you hope and you pray. And who knows, one day the Lord could jag them just like he jagged me. Mm. Mm. All right, next question. Yep. What is the Protestant Reformation, and why was there one? Yeah, I've been waiting for this question for a while, actually, because we're always talking about the Protestant Reformation. Um, Pretty simple, Hunty, what the Protestant Reformation is. Do you know what it is? Yes, yes. How would you define it? Um, Uh, Well, for me, it blesses blesses me in a very special way because, for me, the Protestant Reformation is when the Christian world realised that nothing they could do could save themselves. Good they realised only in the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we can now be saved and have eternal life and live in heaven with Jesus. Oh, that's a good answer, mate. Uh, the Protestant Reformation for me is a movement based in the Bible and the Bible alone. It came out of Catholicism. It has some basic tenets and some, some basic uh, foundations, some foundation um you know, pillars that make up the truth. One of them is what Hunty just said, that you're saved by faith through grace in mm, God alone. Nothing you can do. Yeah. Another one is you pray to, you can go to God directly. Yes. Uh, you don't have to go through a priest to find forgiveness of your sins. You don't have to go to a confessional. You can go directly to God. Another one is that Jesus is the only intercessor. Neither the priest or a pastor or a preacher or the Pope himself or the Virgin Mary is not an intercessor. She was the mother of Jesus when he was here on earth, but she's just another human being and she has no place in our salvation. 
that is Jesus and Jesus alone, the intercessor. Mm. That's another great tenet that came out of the Protestant Reformation. And so it really was the church or people in the church coming, and I'm talking the church Catholicism, coming out of her as they found truths in the Bible that left them in no doubt that there there was another way. Uh, And I know that can be a bit... Um, challenging for our Catholic listeners out there, but you've got to understand God loves our Roman Catholics. He loves Baptists and Methodists and people from the Bar High Faith Hunty. He loves Muslims. Loves he us all. Even loves Seventh day Adventists. Indeed. Which is a good thing. Yeah. So, so although we can talk about each other gently and respectfully and we talk about the weaknesses and the strengths we have, and I mean, my own church, the Seventh day Adventist church, has some weaknesses, Hunty. Mm. I haven't got it all together. Should never claim we do. Um, well, we're just full of normal people, and people have faults. Mm. Mm. But even so, uh, I, I, I think when we look at each other's weaknesses, we can still go back to the Bible and make decisions on truth from Scripture. Okay. We're a church that's growing too. We're growing in the light as God reveals more of the way, Bible. You're talking about Adventist. I'm talking about the, uh, the Adventist Christian Church. Yeah, it's it's progressive. Yeah, that's right. What what we believe now is not exactly what we believed a hundred years ago, and, and right. some people criticise you for that. I never have. I think it's a good thing that when you see things in the Bible, you're prepared to change. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to say I was wrong. I mean, the, obviously, the, the most basic is grace, and that's never going to change. Well, that's the foundation of everything. Mm. Jesus actually is the foundation of everything, and so that's what the Protestant Reformation. It is a great movement that came out of Catholicism that makes up all the Protestant churches today. Indeed. Mm. All right. Next question. Oh, I can certainly help with this one. Can you give me an example of the occult in music? Okay, do it. Oh, my favourite example is the, let me just quickly Google it, the 2012 Super Bowl. Madonna halftime show. She dressed up in pagan ritual clothing and she offered a worship service to a pagan Luciferian god. Is that Madonna or Beyonce or both? It's Madonna and I'm reading it. Right now, off uh, a very respected internet page, <laughs> <laughs> Google, and they've got Wikipedia, a pic- and they've got a picture. They've got a picture up. I remember, I remember, I watched the Super Bowl, and when she came out with with this Bamfermet helmets on and all these scary satanic gods all over the stage, I thought, what on earth are we having? And parents in America went crazy. One hundred and ten million people watched it live, and oh, it was yeah. literally a worship service to Satan himself. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of symbology of Baal worship. Was it Baal? Was it? Same with oh, Beyonce. Bamfermet. Same thing. Oh, same thing. Okay. Beyonce, Beyonce did the same did thing. Did she? Yeah. Uh, in fact, all those pagan gods, yep. Baal, Ashtaroth, Diana, they're pretty much the same demonic spirits that plague mankind today. Um, and there's no doubt that Hollywood, at times, when it suits them, worship that god. Honour him, and I'm talking about the God, small g-o-d, Satan. Um, I think of that, when I saw that question just then, Hunty, I'm thinking of, because I, you know, we're all products of our time, aren't we? And I'm thinking about the song by the Eagles, Hotel California. Yeah, that was um, very, very talking about pointed. The, the occult and how you can get mm. in. And then you can't get out. Yeah, and you can't get out. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. Ozzy Osbourne, and again, I'm, I, I date myself here, don't I, mate? Ozzy Osbourne, you have Black full, Sabbath, Full Metal Jacket, even um, my old mate, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the African American Michael Jackson, 
were Thriller. Mm. You know, we looked at that mm. the other day, I think, where, where Thriller, he, he makes this statement, remember? Oh, this is not of the occult. Well, yes, it was. Mm. He knows it was, and that's why I put that statement there. Um, and so, look, it doesn't take much to, to work this out for yourself. If you think that I'm, again, off with the fairies on this, why don't you just Google the occult mm. in Hollywood mm. for yourself? And see what you find. I did just Google Beyonce. And I'm looking at horrendous pictures of her dressed up in ritualistic, satanic, pagan symbols. You're right. Yeah, I'm surprised they mm. do it. Mm. To be honest, every time I see it, I'm surprised, and I think, well, that's disappointing because you know the Super Bowl. I actually happen to like NFL, you know, American football. Yep. Uh, not a whole lot. It's a bit slow. <laughs> but but I'll stop. I think we might be the only Christian television program that ever got a ad in the Super Bowl. That's Remember right. That, that was amazing. Yeah, we, we were running a program a few years ago, and yep. we got an ad here on Channel something or other. Whatever the Super Bowl was running on. Yeah. Yep. It might have been Channel 10, I reckon. Yeah, it might have been 10. And we got an ad for our, for a program we were going to do. That's right. Um, in the middle I, of the Super I, Bowl. I, I rang one of my mates in America who's a big-time film producer. I said, mate, just letting you know that the ad that Lloyd and I did is playing now in the Super Bowl. And he, yeah, and he cuss went off. Could not possibly be. He said, that's that's thirteen million million a second. <laughs> I think we got it for about 300 <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me move on. Next yep. question. Um do you as a pastor believe in the practice of exorcism? Depends what you mean by exorcism. Do you know yeah, it doesn't say. Do you know what exorcism is? I do. It's the removal of a demon or a spirit from somebody. Yeah, when I see a priest go in with a cross and he points, no, I don't believe in that. Um, I'm pretty careful as a pastor. As a, as a, I'm not Paul. So whenever I'm dealing with people, and I have done, who have been demon-possessed, I don't talk to the spirits, I just pray to God. So if that question means do you believe that you can go and pray over behalf of a person and the demon is forced to leave, yes. But Mm -hmm. I don't believe in the ritualistic, traditional approach to exorcism that you might find from a Catholic priest. No. In fact, I think if you do that, you put yourself in great danger. Again, if, you're in, if you've got an evil spirit in your home or in your life or in your heart, you just need to call on Jesus of Nazareth in prayer. That's as simple as that. Honey. It is. And, and he'll be forced to he go. He will come immediately to your rescue. Some of the other things you can do too is put yourself in the atmosphere of some really nice spiritual music. If you don't know how to do that, just go and Google Gaither or, yep. or something YouTube's like that. YouTube's free, Spotify, you pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, on YouTube you don't have to pay for it. That's free on YouTube, just Google Christian music. Well, even Christian music you've got to be careful of. It, it needs to be quiet, very deeply spiritual Christian music and you're listening to that and you're praying in the name of Jesus for relief from the demons. They can't stay, mate. Let me give you a name. Heritage Singers. Every one of their songs is spiritual. Yeah, anyway. God will lead you to that. Mm. And I think in mm. the end... Um, if you're in, surrounded by good music, and look, if you really want to know, get into the hymns. Look for hymns. Hymns are good. Hymns are the safest. Gaither did lots of good hymns. Hymns are the safest approach. You don't even have to be Gaither. Just Google hymns mm. and listen to some hymns. You might not even like that music. That's fine, nor do the demons. And so if you're listening, <laughs> you're listening to hymns and you're praying in the name of Jesus, the demons just can't stay. They hate it. They hate hymns for, for some reason. They hate hymns just about more than any other music. Plus, they'd hate to flee into a church as well. So you, that's another good thing you can go to. Yeah, as long as you go into a church that's a Bible-based church. Mm, mm. 
Um, in fact, I'm going to look in this series, hopefully this year, at, at some of the occultic stuff in Christianity. It's pretty scary. Pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Okay, mate. All right, next question. I heard you say the other day that you don't think many people will be ready for Jesus when he comes. What would make you say something so negative? You like that question? Yeah, we actually got that. We've actually the second time we've got that recently. Do you like that question? Um, I understand where they're coming from. <laughs> uh, it's just, a sad reality. I just think we're living in a bad world. Yeah. I think what's happening at the moment in the world is, is really serious. Yep. I don't think there's a lot of people making decisions for Christ. I think there are some. Uh, as I said the other day when we looked at the same question, people must be picking me up, Hunty, for that statement I made when <laughs> yes. I was like, was it on radio or somewhere? Where no, I, it was radio. Where I was asked, do I think many people will be ready for Jesus? When he, and I just said that out of my head. You know, well, I tongue in cheek said that's why there's a highway to hell and a stairway to heaven. That gives you an idea of the quantity of people that are moving through it. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough too. Because I, I just said in out of my head, just a really a knee jerk reaction. No, I don't think there will be many people ready for Jesus when he comes. Because you hear sometimes preachers preaching, oh, there'll be hundreds of thousands of millions of billions. I hope so. Mm. Hope I'm wrong on this one. Yep. But Jesus, as I said, Jesus, what does he say? He says, um, wide is the road, the path that leads, in Matthew, he says, wide is the path that leads to destruction, narrow the road mm. that leads to heaven, and mm. few there are yep. that walk. And then he also says, um, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? I mean, that doesn't say there's going to be millions and billions, but you can be ready, hunty. Yep. So can I, and so can you, our listener. Alrighty, last question. What time we've got about a minute and a bit left for this. So, what? Oh, sorry. Why does God hate me? Oh, He doesn't. Mm. You might hate yourself, but God doesn't hate you. That's for sure. Others might hate you. Why would you think that? I wonder. A lot of people do. Usually because things aren't going right. Yeah. I say, well, things aren't going right. God must hate me. Yeah, I got it. That's not how it works. Uh, let me cough, hunty. Yep. So. I love watching Hunty squirm when I do stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking to myself, himself, oh, no, where am I going to go? What no, am I, I going to do? I was just thinking maybe I'll get into the next song. Because <laughs> 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 you're going to have a coughing attack. You're going to move that on before we answer this question. Oh, I know the hand breaks well and truly does engaged. Not, <laughs> does not, does not hate That's you. That's right. God loves you. God sent Jesus to die for you. Jesus is God. He got up on the cross with your sins and died for you. And the only one that can persuade you that God hates you is yourself and perhaps the demons and the, the dark spirits who try to persuade you that way. God does not hate you. It does not matter what you've done. It does not matter how far you've walked away from him. You can be falling into sin that you're so ashamed of that you... I've said this so many times, Hunter. Your church will cast you out if you yep. go to church. Yep. Your family might cast you out. Yep. You might lose your job. Your friends will you leave you You might have participated in the worst and the worst of worst crimes. You could end up in jail. Yep. God does not hate you. He loves you, and he'll come for you, hunty. For sure. And that's a fact. So God doesn't hate you. Mm. God loves you. you. As I say, you might hate yourself. God don't hate you. That's right. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And in the Bible where God's asked to define himself in a short sentence, you know how he does it? He says this, I am love. Nice. God loves you. And this last song, hunty, by C.C. Winans. Did I say that right? Winans.
Winans. Yes. Not Winans. Oh, it's Winans. Some my little twist on that didn't work. <laughs> CC Winans. I, I enjoyed correcting you. CC <laughs> Winans. It's about how much God does love you. It's called the goodness of God. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God
Let's pray. Lord, you are faithful, you are good, and we praise your name for it. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for being able to see the power that you have over the demons and over the occult, and may every one of us experience that in our lives. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. My Mm. name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor, and I love you. And my name's Hunty, and I love you too. But not as much as God loves us. Mm. He loves you so much more. God bless you. (laughs) See ya. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 